everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 233rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In today's episode, we have some news uh, to cover regarding a Jurassic trademark that was recently filed. And uh, we do uh, have to relay some information about the passing of a beloved uh, Jurassic actor. I wish I had the chance to do this for you guys a little bit sooner, but I just didn't get around to it until now. But we're going to boost things up a little bit after that, and we're going to hear from Caleb Burnett with another installment of Jurassic Tracks. I love this segment so much. Caleb puts in a ton of work, and in this episode, you're going to hear Caleb's analysis on the Raptor Room from Jurassic Park 3. That is certainly one of the standout tracks from that score, so definitely stick around to hear that segment in just a little bit. And then after that, we're going to make a quick stop in the audio lab, where we will hear from Colin Trevorrow after a recent recording of the talk show Animal Talking, which is actually really, really awesome. It's by Gary Witta, and it takes place completely in the Nintendo Switch game Animal Crossing. It's super uh, innovative, I think. It's pretty darn cool. And Colin talked a little bit about Battle at Big Rock and shed some light, very, very little, on uh, Jurassic World Dominion. So go check out that in just a little bit. So before all that, I'd like to take care of some quick business here last week over on our website and I kind of made mention that it's going to be something we're going to discuss in the news but uh, Tom Fishenden wrote up an article about the trademark Generation Jurassic and what that might mean. So we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but of course go to our website and check out Tom's great article. Over on our YouTube channel last week, uh, we did the Battle at Big Rock watch party and that was so much fun i uh i know colin kind of poked fun that's and said that it would be a short one when i when i was sharing it around last week but uh you know what it's it turned out to be like just over an hour so so we got our money's worth out of that it was a lot of fun we watched the short we talked about the uh toys the 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 way it was revealed and kind of uh announced unofficially and all that stuff and we had a a lot of fun talked about what we would like to see in the future and uh, that was a great watch party go check out that also tom fishenden again here he is again he he debuted a new series over on the youtube channel that uh it's straight from jurassic world evolution with the return to jurassic park uh dlc but what he's doing now is he's giving you Dino Facts on a Friday with the series called Dino Facts Friday, where you get to see uh, dinosaurs from the Lost World. And it's really cool. So far, he's done the uh, Mementosaurus. Uh, you got to see a lot of facts and hear a lot of facts about that. 
and uh, he he created this very beautiful cinematic video, uh, and he's going to be doing that for each dinosaur that he's pointing out from the Lost World, uh, and it's it's awesome. So we're going to be doing those on Fridays. So keep your eyes peeled. The, uh, and and there's going to be another one coming up next week, and it's going to be the Stegosaurus. So keep your eyes out for that one as well. Also this week. We're, we're continuing the watch party trend and, uh, you know, we're kind of running thin on things that we can actually do because we watched all five films now and we watched the Jurassic World short. So now what do we do? Well, thanks to, I think, Genozoic Artist uh, in the live stream suggested it. Um, sorry if I, I got that wrong, but I believe it was you that suggested that we watch <laughs> the Jurassic World motion comics and that's happening tonight as of this uh, release. So that is April. Uh, no, not April. I'm so lost on time these days. <laughs> what day is it? Uh, it's it's Monday, May 11th. Um, and we're going to be watching that at 9 p.m. EST. So check out uh, the live stream that we're going to be watching the motion comics. Now, I know that that's kind of a... Uh, it's going to be an interesting one to do, I think, because they're very... Um, uh, harshly reviewed by myself included and many others. Uh, there are some people out there that surely do appreciate these and like these, um, but I am very, very interested to dive into these. It's going to be wild. I'm, I'm very excited to tackle these things and to talk about them. Um, you know, there are some good things in there. I'm, I'm excited to take a look at those things. Uh, we haven't had like a huge discussion about this outside of maybe some quick stuff on the Jurassic Wire, but I, I'm excited to dive into those motion comics. We're going to be watching all four parts. So I've got the links in the video, so check out the video uh, description where you can find those links. Watch along. We're going to click play at the same time and watch those motion comics. They're very short. Like, they're something like three or four minutes long each. Um, but we'll, we'll discuss them all, then we'll hit play. Then we'll discuss them, then we'll hit play. So it's going to be kind of wild and, and, and crazy, but I'm very much looking forward to it, and I hope you guys join me. So, enough of me rambling for this intro. Why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me. Access me. Security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. It's day. I guarantee it. Okay, so as I mentioned in the intro, uh, Tom Fishenden wrote up an article on our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, uh, all about this trademark that was recently uh, revealed. Uh, Josh, our buddy Josh uh, Nublar7, as you may know him on Twitter, found this trademark, and it's it's entitled Generation Jurassic. Now, this was uh, filed April 22nd, 2020, so not too long ago. But what does it mean? Uh, we don't really know. Uh, it is, uh, you know, trademarked for gen- uh, goods and services as in entertainment marketing services, marketing promotion, and advertising for a motion uh, motion picture franchise so that's all we know that could be anything right uh if you're marketing services for a motion picture franchise it could be uh many many things now uh something that we have pointed out or tom pointed out in the article is that it could be um you know very telling just by the name itself generation jurassic this is something that we um could be utilizing in the future with 
the uh, generations of Jurassic fans kind of coming together. Uh, also, the generations of film stars and stuff like that from the franchise. Uh, this is, it, it could be an interesting, you know, third film in the Jurassic World franchise. And I think it's it's kind of key to utilize that generation aspect. So it's, it's a pretty good deal. Uh, Generation Jurassic, I don't know. if Does that flow better than Jurassic Generation? I don't know. Um, I don't know if Jurassic Generation has been done, but go check out the trademark. I'm not sure. But uh, I am very excited to see how this plays in because I think, you know, our, our fandom is pretty cool and pretty great, and it, it flows from, you know, some people who read the novels back in, in the uh, 90s, and now we've got a lot of Jurassic fans, Jurassic World fans, Lego Jurassic fans, so it, it's a pretty big landscape of fans now, and, and generations worth of people, so I'm very excited to see how this marketing uh, is approached uh, you know, here for Jurassic World Dominion. Maybe this has nothing to do with Dominion. It, it might not at all, so I'm interested to see if it is something else. But for now, of course, head to our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com to find that article, and you can also find the link in our show notes. As I'm sure many of you know already, Irfan Khan, the actor who uh, portrayed Simon Mizrani in Jurassic World, did pass away on April 29th, 2020. He was only 53 uh, when he passed away after having cancer and battling a colon infection there at the end. So, of course, it is very upsetting to report the death of a very well-accomplished actor and person, uh, somebody who is real and uh, accomplished that in the films as well. You know, he was a very accomplished actor, and he did that by portraying people who felt real. And um, I know I can say that about his his role in Jurassic World. Um, I, I loved him as Simon Mizrani. He was a great bridge after the, you know, late Sir Richard Attenborough um, to be somebody to helm these dinosaur theme parks. And I thought he did an amazing job and he really sold it to me. And I think uh, he's going to be bestowing a, a great legacy upon the Jurassic franchise. I think he already has. And he was only in a portion of that of the, the first Jurassic World movie. But, you know, his legacy has moved on and now he's a big part of um, the Lego franchise as well. Uh, you know, certainly they've taken his character and done some interesting things with it. But he uh, he certainly has impacted this franchise for the better. And I, I really appreciate him for that. He is definitely somebody that will live on through this character for Jurassic fans or for fans of Life of Pi or fans of his Bollywood works. I just loved the uh, the the style that he brought to uh, the Jurassic saga, and I love his comedic timing in Jurassic World. I love how he can just flip a switch and all of a sudden be very serious and authoritative in Jurassic World, and it's a very... Uh, fulfilling character for me because he has all of these elements all put together in one character and I think he did it beautifully and he's certainly an underrated character all because of the beautiful performance by Irfan Khan so he is an actor that has impacted us all here and I don't think we're going to forget that anytime soon Mr. Mizrani you are flying I got my license Two more. Well, two more days. Okay. So, how's my park doing? 
great. We're up two and a half percent over last year, a bit lower than our initial projection. No, 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 no. How is it doing? Are the guests having fun? Are the animals enjoying life? Well, guest satisfaction is steady in the low 90s. We don't have a way to measure the animal's emotional experience. Sure you do. You can see in their eyes, right? Of course. <laughs> okay. Now show me my new dinosaur. <gasps> oh! Got it. Happy life is to accept you are never actually in control. Bird! You should spend a day at the beach, get some sun. Uh, right. So marketing thought we could offset some of the costs. Ah, uh, enough selling. about cost. John Hammond entrusted me with his dying wish, and not once did he mention profits. Spare no expense, he used to say. I appreciate that, but um, the reality of operating a theme park requires. Don't forget why we built this place, Claire. Jurassic World exists to remind us how very small we are, how new. You can't put a price on that. Now, please, we are flying. Breathe. There it is. It's Caleb Burnett. Welcome to another installment of Jurassic Tracks, a segment where I take you through a cue from the Jurassic franchise, tell you a little bit about what's going on musically, what's going on in the scene, so that you can listen back and enjoy. So, the first Jurassic Tracks segment was on T-Rex Rescue and Finale from Jurassic Park, and the second one was on rescuing Sarah from the Lost World. Therefore, I thought I would continue in that chronological order, for now, and do this installment on a cue from Jurassic Park 3. This cue comes from what might be my favorite moment in Jurassic Park 3, the raptor room scene. A group of survivors enters the abandoned engine facility and sees the remnants of everything the engine was doing on Isla Sorna. The music begins as they walk into the facility. Their steps crunching on dinosaur eggshells as they look at disheveled genetic equipment and long-forgotten dinosaur embryos. This is how you make dinosaurs? No. 
This is how you play God. The queue is called the Raptor Room. Let's take a listen. starts off really ominous and full of mysterious wonder about what exactly Dr. Grant and the Kirbys and Billy and everyone in this scene are are looking at here. Um, The music describes that really well. Uh, It uses harp, strings, female voices um, as they walk through there and crunch on eggshells. Um, But then it takes a turn. Um... Amanda Kirby thinks she's seeing a preserved raptor, some sort of full-body raptor in this display, this tank. But it turns out to be a raptor playing a trick, acting like it's dead when actually it's not. Um, And the music takes a turn there. It turns into absolute musical peril um, as the group runs away from a pack of raptors. Um, and it's pretty pretty clear in the music there, uh, the emotions that are going on on screen. Um, the full orchestra comes in. The brass come in and punch there. The horns flail about. The woodwinds are running all over the place. And the strings begin to just really rhythmically drive the suspense and the terror of the entire scene. It's important to note that there's a little bit of music that is in the movie but isn't in this cue on the soundtrack. And it's dropped in from somewhere else, um, and to my knowledge, I don't know where exactly they took it from. But um, it's dropped in right when Amanda Kirby looks at the raptor that is playing a trick on her, and they make eye contact, so to speak. So there's some music right there that is from somewhere else on the soundtrack, or um, from somewhere else entirely, um, that's dropped in there to fit the scene. My favorite thing about this cue is that at the beginning... 
there is a direct callback, a direct parallel to a musical cue from Jurassic Park. When the group walks into the engine facility in Jurassic Park 3, the music there is the exact same, almost to a T, as the music when Dr. Grant, Dr. Sattler, Dr. Malcolm, John Hammond, when they all walk into the section of the lab where the hatchlings are in Jurassic Park. To demonstrate that, here's a section from the very beginning of the Raptor Room queue from Jurassic Park 3. Here's a section from the beginning of that raptor room cue from Jurassic Park titled Hatching Baby Raptor. So, as you can hear there, they're in different keys, but they both have subtle strings, harp, and female chorus ooing there on the same rhythm, in the same ominous tone, and it's a direct musical callback in Jurassic Park 3. A callback to Jurassic Park when the crew sees a raptor hatch for the first time. And it's a moment of beauty and awe, whereas this moment in Jurassic Park 3 starts out with awe, but really moves into a, a sinister place as they realize what has gone on and what is going on. So the Raptor Room from Jurassic Park 3 scores a really great cue. Um, it starts out with an ominous, mysterious callback to Jurassic Park in a great moment, and... It really turns into something different um, when a pack of raptors attacks the group. So open up iTunes, Spotify, whatever music service you use, bring up Jurassic Park 3 score, find the raptor room, and listen and imagine the ominous and terrifying things that happen in the film while this music is going on. Thanks for listening to Jurassic Tracks. I'm Caleb Burnett. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Composed. Let me know what you think about this segment. Let me know if you enjoyed it. And I'll see you next time.
fire, do not fire. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Boy, we had been right all the time. We're gonna have to drop the can. Are you ready? One, two, one. Today here in the audio lab, we're going to be hearing a clip from writer Gary Wood's talk show slash podcast slash Twitch broadcast animal talking in the episode where he had Colin Trevorrow uh, talking all about his experience in the film industry. But it also led him to talk about Battle at Big Rock, the technology and how it may be used going forward. Let's check it out. So Colin, in after Jurassic world which you directed and uh and then jurassic world uh uh fallen kingdom fallen kingdom yeah uh, which was uh, sorry i'm blanking remember remind me the name of the director of jay obayona jay obayona directed fallen yeah. kingdom you then returned to the franchise and and, and directed because no one saw this coming this cool little 10 minute short film called jurassic world battle at big rock how did this project yeah. come about uh, i still don't really understand how we how it happened but somehow uh, i convinced universal to give us uh, some money to go make a short film in between the two movies uh, and I, for me like on a personal level you know first of all it's it's the most um, kind of unfettered uh, piece of me like the way I what I feel about Jurassic Park the very essence of it is in this short uh, and you know when you make the big movies there's, there's such a massive audience and there's so many different kinds of, of uh, tastes that need to be fulfilled and you know it's a lot of masters to serve but with this uh, I was able to just do something that got me you know, just back to to the basics of it, uh, of of what makes me love it in the first place. So, uh, it was cathartic for me. It was it gave me a chance to work with Emily Carmichael as we were warming up to to do the film, to do Dominion, uh, and I just loved it. Uh, I loved the whole experience, and and uh, I thank them again for for going along with it. I'm actually dropping that link into the chat right now. If you want to go watch the entire 10 minute short Battle at Big Rock, um, that's in the um, uh, in the chat right now. So, Colin, that's amazing. I, I watched the whole thing. It's amazing. Give me, give me a little signal. We're going to bring on the next guest right after this. We're like 60 seconds out. But give me like a 60-second uh, Colin Trevorrow film score. Like, how do you even go about planning and staging and figuring out how to, how to shoot a scene like that? Oh, my. Well, that particularly, I mean, we, we built a model of... of uh of that trailer and we had dinosaur toys and uh, we would basically move the dinosaur toys around the model and have them eat little action figures. So that probably is a lot more simplistic than what you were hoping to hear. I, I, but, but, I lo- but I love that the principle is the same, whether you're goofing around with a shoebox and some action figures or like a, you know, $200 million worth of visual effects. The, the principle is the same, right? It just scales We up. also, and we, well, in a cool, another thing, once we did that, we also did, we did our previs in VR. So I was in a VR volume uh, on a set where I was, I got to handhold the camera in VR and actually shoot uh the whole thing myself handheld in that space um, as opposed to rendering it uh, as a traditional previs, uh, which was extremely cool and stuff that we're, we're going to be expanding on doing that in, uh, in Dominion as well. It's a really cool, really exciting tool. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's so, so cool. Um, and yeah, the link's in the chat if anyone wants to go check out the whole... That's awesome. That's so cool. Thank you so much to Gary Witta for... Uh, having Colin Trevorrow on the show, he also did have Emily Carmichael as well, but we did get to learn a lot from Colin and his history with uh, film in general, but the Jurassic series and a little bit of insight 
which I don't feel like we get a ton of, uh, on Battle at Big Rock. So it was nice to hear about Battle at Big Rock and, of course, how that technology will be used in Jurassic World Dominion. Now, that, of course, is something you could pretty much expect, I guess, these days because big tentpole films like that with a lot of CG are really utilizing that VR technology to showcase what these scenes are going to look like as they're filming them so that is really incredible stuff and i'm very excited to see maybe how they progress that technology moving forward and how they utilize it just a little bit more than they did previously overall i think animal talking is uh, is an incredible show and i'm very jealous that i did not think of that for for this podcast imagine imagine doing that for this one um but that is an awesome project go check it out gary Wood's podcasts talk show Twitch live stream thingy. Uh, And also, like I said, Emily Carmichael was on there. So go check out that full history. You can hear a lot about her history in script writing. uh, And from, you know, from start to now, there's a lot in there. It's a long episode. So be sure to check out the entire episode within the link in our show notes. Thank you so, so much for listening to the 233rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thank you so much to Caleb for another Jurassic Tracks. I love this segment, like I said, so much. It is, uh, you know, so dear to my heart to hear uh, such fond discussion about the Jurassic scores and the Jurassic Tracks out there. And I know we kind of promised a lot from our other segment which you know maybe we'll try to get something going there sometime soon but with the entire uh you know quarantine pandemic issue going on we haven't really had the chance to get back to recording that so um no traveling anytime soon for for me so i'll i'll maybe we'll maybe we'll try to get this thing to work over skype if we can do that but i'm very excited to uh hear more jurassic tracks in the near future here and also maybe we'll get some more from the other segment that we announced so very exciting thank you again to caleb and also thank you to everybody out there for uh you know again listening to this show taking a moment out of your time uh which i know is very very hard to come by these days i myself am not able to listen to pretty much any podcasts out there i am too busy playing animal crossing so that's why uh gary widow's podcast was so awesome to me but yeah i am i'm very excited uh about the future of the show we've got a lot going on behind the scenes we're trying to get a lot of uh, shows out to you guys a lot of segments are already in the bank and we have so many more coming down the pike so stay tuned because it's gonna be a lot of fun But that about wraps it up for this episode. Stay safe, everybody out there. Don't do too much, please. Stay home if you can. Uh, It's really, really imperative. I know we all want to get out there and celebrate and, and have fun with each other and hug friends and do all that good stuff. But try not to. Try not to. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. And I'll see you guys next week. See ya. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. 
Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.